Police in Stockton, California, are investigating five murders that happened between July and September of this year. There is evidence linking the murders together, and authorities are now saying they may have a serial killer on their hands. Everybody, welcome to the True Crime Squad. I'm Christy Brower here with my sister, co-host, and partner in crime, Katie Weaver. Hey, Katie. Hello. How's it going? Good. Glad to be back. Yeah, kind of long like, time no see. Right. Feeling kind <laughs> of discombobulated and uh, <laughs> not put together today for our recording, oh, but we're here. We totally made it. Stand. <laughs> Got home from a ten-day vacation at seven o'clock last night, so you can imagine how organized I am. I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm glad you're back. And it sounds like you had a marvelous time. Oh, gosh, we sure did. You know, all my life, and I think it's just money, really. uh, Every vacation I've ever had has been pretty rushed. Like, we only have this many days. We have all these things to do. And so you just sort Mm -hmm. of run, 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 run the whole time. And we didn't do that this time. We had uh, an Airbnb on the Oregon coast uh, near Lincoln Mm -hmm. City for a week saturday Mm -hmm. to saturday and we just we slept in we went and did stuff we wanted then we came back we went to bed early like it was just so relaxed no major agenda yeah no i mean we had a few things we wanted to do and we did all of them but Mm -hmm. there was no like big rush at all Mm -hmm. and that was wonderful like that's amazing I actually come back, have come back feeling more relaxed after this vacation. And often I don't, mm-hmm. I come back feeling stressed and this, we've Need just been a vacation. on the your vacation. Yeah. yeah. And it, yeah, no, I, I, I've learned a lesson here that, mm-hmm. uh, the, you know, taking more time is definitely worth it. Yeah, for sure. Well, awesome. Yeah. So I love it. How was your week? Uh, well, it was good. You know, we had three uh, throwback episodes. Yeah. Uh, one of which came out of our Patreon vault. So a lot of people had not heard it and mm-hmm. uh, have enjoyed it a lot. We've had a lot of feedback on that one. Uh, a lot of listens and watches on it. And and a Halloween episode we did last year that I thought was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. And uh, then, of course, brushing up on some old cases, too. So, yeah, it was great. It was good. And then we went to Missoula over the weekend for softball. Yeah. And that was nice. A beautiful drive to Missoula, Montana. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was, what can I say? It was great. We had a lot of fun. So yeah, nice to be back. It is the witch's market this week. So I'm, you know, yeah, neck deep in projects and finishing some stuff up and having last are. minute epiphanies and last minute failures and, you know, all of the sure. like. <laughs> so <laughs> keeping very busy, but that's nothing new. Yeah. So all is well. Well, good. I'm glad to hear it. Well, I think uh, you're going to kick off the show today with a uh, crime update segment. Yes. So a couple of years ago, we first reported on this case. This is Renee McRae from Scotland and her son. 
He was three years old. His name is Andrew. And Renee and her son disappeared 46 years ago. And their car was found. She had left Iverness and was supposed, well, there were a couple of uh, stories about where she was going, but uh, her husband thought, or soon-to-be ex-husband thought, that uh, I think they were estranged. Anyway, thought that she was going to her sister's house, but that was news to her sister. There had been conjecture that she was actually going to meet up with her uh, her lover, who was the father of Andrew, uh, but they never made it there. The police ended up mm-hmm. late that night seeing a car on fire, and it was Renee's. There was one drop of blood in the boot of the car, but they never identified it as who's, who it belonged to. But Renee and Andrew were gone, as well as some of the contents of the car, like his his uh, stroller or buggy was missing. Mm-hmm. A lot of stories over the years about what uh, witnesses did or didn't see. There was a witness who had said that he, it was storming. It was raining really, really hard that night. And one witness said that he saw a man dragging a lamb down a hillside right there. Well, Renee was wearing a sheepskin coat. <laughs> Yikes. Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, there was another uh, witness that said that they saw a man pushing a baby buggy through that, uh, which, you know, could have been Andrew or Renee and Andrew for all we know. Right. But this case has gone unsolved for an enormously long time. We also know that her husband, Gordon, owned a company and that his company had fired an accountant because they discovered that he had been having an affair with Renee McRae. Oh, yeah. Well, that man has finally been arrested, tried, and convicted of the murders. So I want to tell you about that because it's pretty amazing to think that this has finally happened. His name is William McDowell. He's 80 years old. And he has been found guilty and sentenced to a minimum of 30 years in prison for the murder of Renee and her son. Their bodies have never been found, still have never been found. But the uh, police there feel like they had put together enough evidence against him to to prosecute. And they did. And they, they won. They were able to convict. So here he is. Wow. 80 years old. Mm. Renee had an older son who I believe was seven at the time who was with his dad. So thank goodness he was safe. But uh, Renee's sister has worked tirelessly all of these years. Uh, there's been a ton of things done too. Like uh, there was a lot of construction going on where she disappeared. And some of that was torn out. A couple of years ago when we reported on this, they had done a bunch of uh, like Doppler radar or, or radar stuff like in the earth to try and find pockets because they have always oh, thought right. yeah. that maybe she and and Andrew were thrown down into an area mm-hmm. where a bunch of uh, cement or blacktop was put down on top of them, you mm-hmm. know, but they've never found him. But it's still huge and amazing news to think that they actually got their conviction. Yeah. It's unfortunate that we still don't know where their bodies are, you know, but. Yeah. 
but that's so it's something. Absolutely. So, of course, he has denied it. He's never uh, admitted it, even up to now. But his, her sister, Maura Govins, who has worked really hard to try to uh, get justice, this is her statement. She said, the pain of losing Renee and Andrew doesn't ease. Not a day passes when both are not in our thoughts. Andrew's life was cruelly and brutally cut short at such a young age, just three years old. And I often wonder where he would be, what he would be doing now. The passage of time has not erased the anguish. We have not been allowed to grieve properly. Not knowing how Renee and Andrew died and where their remains lie compounds the anguish. I have never stopped trying to find justice for Renee and Andrew, who deserve to rest in peace. Thinking of the terror they must have felt when they died in such a calculated and callous way continues to haunt me. Yeah such a hard situation one of the things that uh came up in the trial is that when he was fired from his job he had a company vehicle Mm -hmm. refused to return that vehicle until he had replaced the floor of the trunk in that car and yeah and go back until he had finished scrubbing it out And that wasn't like a huge red flag 46 years ago? Yeah. Whoa. Yikes. One thing that they allowed were statements from police officers who have long since died. You know, Mm. this case is really old to be Mm -hmm. read in court and to be used as evidence. Good. They'd really have to. I mean, if they had statements from anybody or anything, they'd, they'd have to be able to use those. You would think so. Well, in the U.S., maybe not. Yeah, uh, that's true. It would not be unthinkable for those to get thrown out. But anyway, in, in Scottish court, it uh, they held up. So it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Wow. Um, of course, there are certainly, you know, her family members, her son and sister that are still calling on Mr. McDowell to just come clean about where their bodies are. Right. So that they can actually Over. hopefully recover them and, and bury them. But we'll see if he ever does that. I don't know that he will. But yeah. Can you imagine you have being it. that kind of a person that even after all this time and you're convicted of the crime and you still hang on to the information about what really happened and where their bodies are? Yeah. Yeah. Or happy. Yep. Yeah. But huge props to her sister and all of her hard work. Had she not continued to demand justice in this case and stay loud about it and stay in the news about it, and her son as well, uh, this would have never happened. Oh, for sure. Huge props to her. It's amazing to keep it going. And and prosecution. Yeah, for being able to get a conviction. Pretty amazing. Yeah. So there you have it. Well, I'm going to kick the mic over to you for our main case. Yes. So, we recently covered a story where (laughs) uh, a community was passing a rumor around that there was a serial killer in their community. Mm -hmm. And everybody all freaked out and the police came out and said, definitely not a serial killer in your community. Let this go. Don't do this. Well, Mm -hmm. turns out another community was in fact dealing with a serial killer. So, this is in Stockton, California. 
Yeah. And in Stockton, since uh, in July to the end of September, there have been five murders Mm. that police have now linked to the same person. Wow. We don't know how they've been linked. They're they're holding on to that. Although I will say that they were all killed with a gun. They were all shot. Mm-hmm. And it makes me wonder if what they have is ballistics that, you know, they would be able to tell pretty quickly if they were all shot by the same gun. Right. Um, yeah. But they have actually come out now. The police in Stockton have come out and said, yeah, we're pretty sure we're dealing with a serial killer here. Wow. And so I wanted to tell you what we do know. Oh, there's a lot we don't. There is one picture circulating. And I, the police may have more pictures than this, but this is what they have. This is what they've released to the public. So this is like a surveillance video still of a person wearing all black with a cap on walking away from us. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't tell us very much. No. But it's a start. Mm-hmm. So the, this all started on July 8th. Uh, July 8th at 1231 a.m., Paul Alexander Yaw, who was 35, was shot and killed. All of these people were walking alone after dark, either late at night or early in the morning. They're, the five victims are all men. Four of them are Hispanic and one is white. They're not all identified yet, though. Mm. So after the July murder, then um, on August 11th at 9.49 p.m., Salvador William Dubetti Jr., who was 43, was shot and killed uh, walking on 4900 West Lane in Stockton. 